Greetings and welcome to Conversations with Doc Martin. This video series focuses on extraordinary people doing extraordinary things. And today is certainly no exception. We are joined by my friend, coaches and mentors, Jen Varley and Karen Sullivan. Jen and Karen are two very non-traditional coaches who've earned raving fans like me by disrupting the status quo with their innovative and fun yet no BS approach. They really go out of their way to build play to win cultures for bold consumer brands, brands like BMW, Cody, Google, Dyson, and they're getting mind blowing results because they've cracked this code of what they call stickability. In short, they do what works and it keeps working. They also trained uh, bold coaches like myself who want to play to win in corporate by giving them the tools and confidence to move through mountains through their ICF accredited Get Real Leadership Coach training program. So Jen and Karen, welcome to you today. Thank you for hey, joining. Warm. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess uh, for those uh, viewers who aren't familiar with your work and aren't necessarily familiar with you too. Um, why don't um, you kind of give us a little bit of your background and in, in uh, you know, how you got to this point, how you two uh, teamed up, if you will. <laughs> All right, I'll go ahead and take the lead on that one. So as uh, we are super excited to be here, this is great to be able to just have these conversations. And um, it's fun because it helps us kind of reflect back on where we've come from to where we are today, which is always fun. Mm -hmm. And um, so a couple of things. So we do, as you mentioned, have two sides of our business. We go into yep. organizations, we work with teams, and then we also train coaches to do what it is that we do. Mm -hmm. The interesting thing is that Karen and I joined forces many years ago, mm -hmm. and we have two completely different backgrounds, right? So yeah. I um, am what I love to call a Silicon Valley dropout. I worked in the high tech field for many years until I realized I was very disconnected from my passion, my purpose, and I was spending time talking about products, programs, and engineering code that I didn't really care about. And mm -hmm. so I had to do some reassessment of what I wanted to do in my life. And I did become a certified coach in 2007. Mm -hmm. Karen's background is completely different, which is always fun. So Karen, why don't you say a little bit about your background and then we can say how we came together. Yeah, that'd be great, John. And it's funny, every time you said that, all you was thinking of Monty Python and now for something completely different. <laughs> So yes, I do come from, I come from the law enforcement world mm -hmm. and I did 25 years and two months in law enforcement. And I, I say this every time, it sounds like a sentence, really mm -hmm. wasn't, um, but it was a great ride until it wasn't. So yeah. joining way, way back when, went up the ranks, you know, boots on the ground, undercover work, you know, supervising people from, you know, three years in, cause I got promoted really early but I've always been insanely passionate about leadership. Mm -hmm. And that was the thing that really drove me. I always wanted to be a better leader. And, and I think that, that a part of that is growing and understanding yourself. And as I went through those ranks and retired, you know, like I said, after 25 years and two months as a chief, I, I really, I remember sitting at my desk one day and I was writing an ordinance for a town council meeting. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what the F are you doing? <laughs> right? And I essentially felt like I turned into a politician with a gun and I knew it was time to go. And I mm -hmm. knew that there was something more. 
And then that's when I jumped into the coaching world, a little bit of a different route than Jen. I, you know, was working on a helpline for cops that were in crisis and um, just jumped into the coaching world from that, from a guy who said, Hey, you need to be a coach. So love the leadership aspect of it. So that's what I focused on initially was a lot of leadership coaching. Yeah. So, so it sounds like, you know, each in your own way from very different backgrounds, you, you ended up in a place where you're like, this isn't working because this just isn't me and this isn't who I want to be. And so, you know, there's so many people in this world that kind of sit and stew in, in that place. And so, you know, when, when you think about the, the transition uh, from what you were doing, whether that be Silicon Valley dropout or, you know, police chief, et cetera, like what, where do you think was, was you, you shared kind of the moment, if you will, Karen in particular, but, you know, what, what do you think the aha moment was for you? Because there's so many people in this, in this boat, they're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. Where was that aha moment around, you know, I think I want to go into coaching. So I think um, I'll say for me, the aha moment, well, there was a few, right? Mm-hmm. But I will definitely say the aha moment for me is I can create whatever life I want. I can, um, I have confidence in my abilities. I have confidence in my ability to handle it when shit goes south. Mm-hmm. I have confidence in my abilities to really say, this is what I want and go after it. And I, and I'd seen that many years throughout my life. I'm a risk taker. I love adventure. I always figure stuff out later. I I would say I'm non-traditional, you know, uh, especially when you compare like my brother and his choices are very traditional. I'm the opposite. He stayed in one career his entire life. It worked out great for him. He loved it. I was a person who was changing jobs every two, four years because I love variety. Mm -hmm. And I think my aha moment was I really can create any life that I want. And I know that I can help people do it. Mm -hmm. And it was really with the disconnect from the work that I was doing that made me realize, wait, what I have the opportunity here and um, I have the the ability, I think it was one, I mean, one specific meeting was a three hour meeting and it was, we were in a software development organization and Mm -hmm. it was right when the internet, you know, applications were coming out, people were ordering things online. I'm dating myself here (laughs) Um, slightly after email was developed, but anyway, um, and we were sitting in a meeting and there was just this big, long conversation about, do we, do we go with a release that's Java certified? I can't remember like 1.8 or mm-hmm. do we wait for Java 2.0? And I'm like, I so dot don't give a rat's <laughs> ass. I want to have meaningful conversations about stuff that matters to me. And yeah. it was sort of the culmination of that to say, we have agency in this world. We have mm-hmm. the ability to go and do the things that we want to do. We just have to say yes, follow through, figure it out on the way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What about for you, Karen? You know, it's funny, Mara, when you when you just said sit and stew, I actually like I I got like a weird kind of like ew. Mm-hmm. Like that that right there is the anti of every single thing I believe in. Yeah. Like there is absolutely no reason for anybody to sit and stew about anything. You could sit and eat stew, right? <laughs> but do not sit and stew. 
because right there you're just like given it's it's like you're you're you don't have any control over what's yeah. happening and you're just sitting there waiting for things to happen yeah. i don't believe in any of that yeah. i believe that that people need to make things happen i really i think fast i do things fast i am a shoot ready aim person and i and, and one of the things that you're going to probably hear as, as we go through this today, is that you're going to hear Jen and I use the word confidence a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the big thing, knowing like, I mean, I retired, right? 25 years, two months. I didn't, I didn't know how to run a business, how to build a business. Yeah. I just thought I was going to make some extra money to play golf right. when I jumped into the coaching world. I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I knew that I was going to do it. Mm-hmm. Right? I knew that no matter what I did, I was going to make it successful because I- I'm going to figure it out. And if it doesn't yeah. work, I really, really believe that that's something that Seth Godin said in this book um, called The Dip. Mm-hmm. And he talks about smart people quit. And if I don't like something, yeah. I'm out. Yeah. If I don't want to do it, I'm done. Yeah. So I knew going into this that, hey, you know, I'm going to give it a shot. If it works, great. If it's if it doesn't, so what? Yeah. I'll figure out what's next. Absolutely. And, and I think too, you know, in, in talking to so many people over the years, everybody, you know, you, you, Karen, you were talking about getting this visceral reaction to the word stew. And and so many people sit there and, and they think it's got to be an or. You know, it's like, I got to do this or something else versus like even giving themselves the permission to have it be an ant, right? And so everybody sits kind of in this judgment place of, well, you know, unless I go, you know, completely one way or the other, it's it's not going to be worthwhile. And so it's so fascinating to me to when people get stuck because they don't have the courage or the confidence to kind of move forward, or they look at things as so black and white. They're like, well, I got to do this, you know, or I got to do that. I can't do both or, or entertain the idea of moving forward with both, which is, which, you know, can be really life-changing for people. You know, Um, it's funny. I'll, I'll share one thing about that with, uh, uh, and that's how Karen and I really jive well together, right? So, um, so I'm going to fast forward. So we met, and we mm-hmm. met in 2012, uh-huh. where we were both volunteering at an event, and uh, Lee and uh, we had an instant connection and an instant like, oh yeah, we're really aligned on the way we think, the way we approach mm-hmm. things, the way we do things, etc. And then fast forward, we you know, we, uh, went on a date, fell in love, got married. So mm-hmm. that is one thing that is very unique about us is that, True. you know, we have, um, a great marriage and we run a business together, which is very interesting. Mm-hmm. However, the, um, one of the things is I love coaching. Karen loves leadership. And she was brilliant because, you know, she's the one who said, let's go work with teams and organizations. I was a little gun shy because of my corporate background. I'm like, "Ah, I don't know if I really want to get in there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I made a couple things of statements of saying, we can't change who we are. We still have to be exactly talk the way we talk, show up the way that we show up, have fun because I love fun. Karen's like, we're not going to compromise a thing. And I said, and I can't lose the coaching. So the fun thing is we get to go into organizations and do leadership, which Karen loves. And we get to help certify coaches, which is what I love. And so that there it is. It was a total and 
it wasn't an either or we either do this or not it's like okay how do we take our loves our talents what we're really good at what fires us up how do we blend it and i love the the teamwork as much as i do the coaching and mm -hmm. vice versa for karen so yeah. i totally agree that when we do an either or black or white if we're sort of like my shirt <laughs> right with the black and white thinking we really limit ourselves to the possibilities that are out there so i just wanted to throw that in there yeah you know what jen something funny that you just said with the with the end even if you think about it right my old business name was coaching for an edge and jen's old business was the kickstart coach so mm -hmm. we we put them together right yeah. kickstart your edge yeah so that's how we got our business name yeah no, I think that's, I think that's fantastic. And, you know, when you, I know you do a, a ton of work with corporate as I've used shared and, and uh, for those of our viewers that know you too, know that very, very well. And you've gone into some pretty major companies. And while at the same time, I know you've worked with small businesses as well. And so uh, one of the things that I, one of the things that I truly believe in is that people are people. And so I'm just kind of curious particularly post-pandemic, if <laughs> post-pandemic, um, <laughs> what, what kind of things have you noticed relative to some of the team challenges, uh, whether it be somebody like BMW or, you know, a mom and pop? What, what, what commonalities have you seen? I would say, I'll, I'll throw out a quick answer and then toss it over to Karen. I think that the commonalities are that people want to be engaged and fulfilled at work. Mm -hmm. And there's often barriers to that actually mm -hmm. happening. Mm -hmm. um, I will say that's universal. Mm -hmm. I will also say what else is universal is if there is a lack of trust on a team, yeah. no matter the size of an organization, that's where people start to feel less fulfilled and less engaged. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm just kind of curious to use the T word trust. What, what do you think are 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 some of the biggest or or biggest missteps people make relative to trust that cause people to employees to be like hmm i don't know if this is the place for me I, go ahead karen so i i think and i'm going to answer the first question yeah. and this question kind of together yeah i think that people are the big thing and it doesn't matter if you're in an organization with thousands of people or if you're in an organization with three people um people are craving connection. And that's what the whole pandemic, I mean, even before the pandemic, people want connection, but now they really, yeah. really want connection. Yeah. And they want connection with people that they trust. Yeah. Right? And it's about how do we help people be transparent? How do we help people say that, you know what, I don't have all the effing answers, yeah. but I'm really, really curious about asking about what, what's going on for you. And I think so much of what we do with helping people create trust. It's about how do we help them be a little bit more vulnerable with each other? Because mm -hmm. that V word used to be a sign of weakness, but it's yeah. really not, it's strength. Yeah. And helping people see that the more trust that they can create with each other by having more open conversations, by having tough conversations, the further along they're going to come as a team and as an individual, because we talk about leading yourself, leading others, and then leading the business. Yeah. And you can't lead yourself, right? But think about that, right? To lead yourself, you need to trust yourself. If you don't yeah. trust yourself, 
quite frankly, you're screwed. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. Cause you know, who do you, who do you start with? Right. And so, <laughs> so I, you know, it's, it's fascinating. I didn't share this with you too, but you just made me think, you know, I, I recently did a program. It was a small team and we did this exercise at the end about letting things go. And people were kind of asking, you know, is this for the business or for myself? And, you know, I kind of channeled you two and I was like, whatever you want, you know, what's speaking to you, et cetera, et cetera. And two of the people on the team shared extraordinarily personal things that nobody had ever heard before. That was at the end of the day. And it really struck me. And it's exactly as you were saying, Karen, it's like, they're, they're, they're looking for that trust. And, and, and Jen was talking about vulnerability and just that alone, like it, it kind of blew my mind because it was so deep. And so everybody in the room had such honor for, for what they shared. And so you, you just totally made me, made me think of that. You know, more, I gotta tell you right there, kudos to you. Yeah. Because if you didn't create the environment for that to happen, that yeah. wouldn't happen. Yeah. Right? And that's such a big part about what we do. Mm-hmm. We have to go in there and we need to immediately figure out the ways to create trust with the people yeah. in the room yeah. and to have them create trust with each other, right? For them to trust us. Yeah. And, and if you didn't have that, nobody would have done that. Yeah. So, yeah. It was, it was, nicely done. thank you. I was, I felt very honored to be in the room hearing uh, what they shared and it really, kind of brought the team together even even more deeply, you know, by the time. And, and they knew it was at the end of the program. Uh, and yet we had this, this wonderful moment um, of, of sharing between people, which is great. Um, so, you know, when you, when you think about um, leaders, a lot of times, pe- well, many people don't know what they don't know. And so when you, when you think about this whole, the whole concept of trust and the whole concept of even teams that are struggling, like what, what do you think some are, just the red flags that people can be looking for relative to, yeah, this isn't working real well. What do you think? So the, you know, it's interesting because red, red flags, I don't feel like a lot of, well, sometimes red flags just pop up, but I think that, and of course, it makes me think of a traffic light. There's yellow (laughs) flags first. And I think that people need to pay attention Mm -hmm. to their gut. Mm. And I don't think people trust their gut enough because they're like, oh, no, that's just this or that's just that. Yeah. The one question that I like to ask people is when was the last time that you didn't trust your gut? And they're going to say it, right? It doesn't matter if it's in an organization, has to do with money and finances or whatever, or if it's, you know, Johnny bag of donuts down the street thinking that his wife's cheating on him, right? Mm-hmm. And he doesn't, doesn't tr- he gets that like, huh, something's up. Mm-hmm. But when's the last time you didn't trust your gut? And most of the time, well, I'm going to say 99% of the time, mm-hmm. people know. Mm-hmm. So it's being able to trust your gut. And again, no, here's that word again, the C yeah. word, you have the confidence to actually handle whatever is happening. Yeah. So I think that really, really, really trusting your gut and knowing yourself is really important. Yeah, yeah. I want to add, add a couple of other signs that things aren't going well within teams, right? And that's, it's also going to be around accountability. Mm. How do people handle accountability? And it's mm-hmm. more than just, 
doing what you say you're going to do. That's one mm -hmm. thing, right? But do people make promises and not follow through on them? That's mm -hmm. one. But are, mm -hmm. are people accountable to the culture? Are they accountable to have difficult conversations? Mm -hmm. Are they accountable to be able to say, I am part of this system. Mm -hmm. And if something's wrong with the system, I'm contributing it to it as well, mm -hmm. as opposed to just blaming people. Yeah. So all of those co come into it. And I think what Karen is really referencing, there's a few things, but I do think about trusting your gut, but also taught trusting your gut is, is there an elephant in the room? Let's talk about that elephant in the room, right? So mm -hmm. if something feels off, it could be off, right? So yeah. how do you have those kinds of conversations? So a lot of it is when people start to get very uh, individualized focus mm -hmm. is a sign that things are going south, right? So mm -hmm. instead of, hey, how do we solve this problem? Hey, what do we want to do as a team? Hey, as a team, what do we need to do more of? What do we need to do less of? Or do they get there? I'm doing my job. Nobody else is doing their job. I have my deliverables. No one else has their deliverables. Yeah. And they start to separate themselves from the team by evaluating, comparing, judging, as opposed to saying, how do we as a team actually inspire and motivate and help each other be successful? I love that. It's it's like viewing yourself as part of an ecosystem almost yeah. versus as an individual. And, you know, every time you, you're, you're feeling yourself going eh, to, to say something, it's almost, you, you had me had this visual of having a hand mirror and going, eh, well, wait a minute, let me look in the mirror first and then move forward. So I absolutely love that. I think that's fantastic. Were you, were you gonna say something, Karen? No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I thought I saw that look, but um, so, I, you know, I know you, you also work a ton with other coaches and, you know, I'm a graduate of Kickstart Your Edge, the, 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 the Get Real Leadership Program, excuse me. And uh, it was a fantastic experience. And, in working with a lot of people, a lot of coaches, what are some of the things that you've noticed with coaches that they do most often to kind of tank their own, I'm not going to use the word success because that means different things to different people, but to tank their own progress. What, what do you think we as coaches do that really get in our own damn way? You wait till you think you're ready. Uh -huh. And, yeah. and I think that People will, I, I am a firm believer in start before you're ready because you're going to talk yourself out of being ready all day long. So go, like yeah. take some action because yeah. like, oh, well, I can't do that because I don't have a website. Or yeah. I can't do that because I don't have a business card. Or I can't do that because the website copy is not right. That is all bullshit. Yeah. Go, if you want to be a coach, coach. Yeah. Just coach. Like you don't need all this other stuff, even, even the whole BS crap about, oh, you need a niche or you need an elevator pitch and all that kind of crap. You don't, you mm -hmm. just need to coach. Yeah. You need to coach anybody on anything at any time. Yep. And the best part about that then is you're going to figure out what you love and you're going to figure out where you're going to be, be able to make the most impact. Mm -hmm. But I think that so often in coaches heads, there's a way that I need to do it this way. Yeah. Don't. Like, and, yeah. and I find that that's a huge problem too, is that people think, oh, well, I should do this. Like, for example, I, I want to just like Jenny Cameron, they, you can't. Right. Right. 
we can give you tools. Yep. We can give you method of, you know, our, our kick or kickstart your ed methodology. Yeah. We give you that, but then you need to put your own spin on it yep. because you need to make it you. So I think that the biggest thing is that they try to be somebody that they're not. You have the most available energy at any moment by being yourself. Yeah. And, and that's the big thing there. Just be you and just do something. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love that. Jen, what are you, what's, what are your thoughts? I, well, I have a couple of things that kind of come up for me. So one is I think where some coaches get stuck and it depends on what their goals are, what their aspirations mm-hmm. are, what they want to do, right? Yeah. Is that they think the foundational coaching is going to be enough that they never need to expand their horizons, their skill set, their tool belt, right? So, and a lot of times because some of the foundational um, coaching programs are a bigger investment. However, they only get you to where you are. They help you go from A to B, but to go from B to C or C to D, it's what else do I need to learn? How do I get more tools on my tool belt? How do I get the next level of knowledge so that I can figure out how to pivot and Mm -hmm. move my business forward? I think that's a big one. The other thing is, um, I think the most successful coaches are ones who are willing to experiment, Mm. right? I put you in this um, category, Martin, you Mm. from day one, you, uh, you rose your hand, you had quite rose your hand. That's weird. (laughs) Anyway, you would, you would raise your hand. You would have questions. You would say, how does this work? Help me understand it. And then you would go do it. You would just turn around and you would find the right environment to say, I tried this. This is what I loved. This is what went really well. This is yep. what I'm going to do next time. And to have that experimental mindset is really what sets people up for success. Because mm-hmm. if you are like, you know what, I'm going to give it a whirl. I'm going to rely on my ability to ask questions mm-hmm. to help in any situation. So let's say you run a team through an exercise and then you can say, so what went well? What did you learn? Yep. What's your takeaway? Yeah. You know, um, how does this actually apply to this team? Thinking about all we discussed, what's the one takeaway? All you have to do is know how to ask the questions to facilitate the learning. The the coach needs to know the wisdom is always within the room. It is our job to bring that wisdom out, not to provide them with answers. So I gave a a whole bunch of answers within that, but those are the things that I think that uh, hold people back is their unwillingness to experiment, to have fun and to rely on um, that. They already know a lot to be successful. Yeah, absolutely. I, and, and I think when you get to that place, it also makes things more fun Um, because you, you're not sitting in this place of, oh my gosh, it's got to go this way. Yeah. It's, oh, we're going to do this and see what happens. And if it doesn't go well, okay, so we'll pivot. Um, and I think so many people are scared to do that. And me coming from kind of more of a structured keynote educational background, I think that was one of the biggest lessons for me that you two taught me, which is just relax, just like rely on your skills. You got this, you got the tools to provide the frame and the structure but you got this as an individual to kind of move forward and whatever happens, happens. I think 
Um, I, I, I also have noticed that with a lot of coaches that like, yeah, buts. it's like, yeah, but what if this happens? Yeah, but what if that happens? It's like, so what? Just go do it. Like what, what's, you know, what's the worst yeah. that's gonna happen? And you brought it up earlier. It's people are people, right? Yeah. So what? So if you're working with the CEO of a large organization or you're working with the founder of a small business, yep. everybody has insecurities. Everybody has uh, fear to some degree about what they want to go do and some yep. hesitation. People yep. have communication challenges. People, um, you know, want to feel valued and appreciated. Like all of that stuff doesn't go away. Yep. A title alone does not all of a sudden give somebody a superpower yep. to be able to be a, a what I'm going to say, sort of beyond personal development. We all need it, yep. right? Um, we all are... I'll say for the three of us on this call, we're constant seekers of it. How do yeah. I pivot? How do I do it different? How do I yeah. grow? Yeah. You know, oh, my insecurity came up in this moment. What's that really telling me? What do I want to yeah. do with it? And the CEOs of large companies are exactly the same. You got to build the trust to be able to have them say, okay, so I can be real with what's going on because especially at the higher ups, often people feel very alone, mm -hmm. but it can definitely be done. And the more that we remember, we're just all people navigating the world, doing the best that we can. And sometimes we screw up and sometimes we nail it. And sometimes, mm -hmm. um, you know, we're somewhere in between. It really helps to take off the pressure yeah. about will this resonate? Will this work, et cetera? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and when we think about where we are today, you know, life is a bit different. Um, offerings are a bit different relative to education, relative to coaching, et cetera. Mm -hmm. You two really had to pivot in the middle of the pandemic. And, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the, you know, the get real program that I took was all virtual. And, you know, that was, I believe the first time you two had done it completely virtual. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I have to say it, it, it didn't feel virtual to me, which, which is interesting because I had a story in my head that I hated teaching virtually. Um, but, you know, I, but I'm hearing this a lot. I'm hearing this a lot from people who are participants. I don't care whether it's coaches in a program, dentists in a CE thing, whatever, you know, they're like, oh, I'm all zoomed out. And, and my, my usual phrase is you're not zoomed out. You're, you're just tired of stuff that doesn't serve you. And, and if it's of interest to you, you're going to sit there all day long and it doesn't matter whether it's a computer screen or, or, or in person. So um, what, what kind of lessons have you learned, first of all, from kind of pivoting more to a virtual environment for you two? One, I'll say a lesson that we've, that we've learned and that we also knew from the in-person experience as well. People don't want to be talked at. Yeah. Right. So just sitting and being a passive participant does not a help engagement, b help the learning and c make the time go by right in a fun and meaningful way. Yeah. And so one of the things Karen and I have, I always say we've been zooming before zoom was cool. <laughs> and with the pandemic, we had to go all virtual, all in on the virtual. And we made a commitment. We said we are going to learn the best practices of how to nail virtual experiences. We mm -hmm. took some classes, we did some research, we tested different types of activities. And what we found was really important was we needed people to still be able to talk to each other. 
breakout rooms, um, interactive ways to give information, having things be um, where we know who's saying what, also having things be anonymous. And so I would say the big, and that that's one is the setup of the Zoom, right? So that was key to be committed to a level of virtual expertise that allowed it to be engaging. The second thing was, Sometimes we learned that we needed to pivot on what we were talking about. Mm -hmm. So for example, we were working with this leadership team. I don't know, there was maybe, uh, they, they weren't a leadership team. There were people going through like a leadership academy. Mm -hmm. There's about 18 people. We're in the height of everything going on. We are there to teach them and to interact and engage with them around a topic of leadership. Mm -hmm. And we could just feel that people are just, not with it. They feel extra stressed out They're What's going on? So we just said, you know what, let's put this aside from it. How are you guys doing? Mm -hmm. What's happening right now? And what we found was, is that they were concerned that organization wasn't talking to them about what was going on. And they're trying to juggle their, do they come back? Are their kids yeah. still in school? The schools are open. They're closed. What does this mean? How did this work? All these unknown things was impeding their day to day. So being able to talk about those things and then to say, as a leader, what conversations are you having with your teams? Mm -hmm. What are you doing? So we could still teach to bring in the, the principles of leadership, but more about what they needed. And the truth is, is then we got permission with the group to say, how do you feel about us sharing some of these concerns with others in your organization? Yeah. To, and which we got all their buy-in. So we could go back and say, these are, this is what your people are feeling. And it got them to say, okay, we're going to have a clear communication. We're going to tell them until this date, we are doing nothing. Everything's exactly the same. Keep planning your life. Two weeks before that date, we'll give an update. All sorts of different things to help with the communication of it. I love that. I love yeah. That. Yeah. That's, uh, it, it goes back to what you were saying earlier about trust, right? And, and also transparency. It's just, they didn't, they didn't feel like they knew what was going on. Then they started making stuff up in their head and then, boom, then, you know, we're, we're down this other road and they can't even focus on, on what the intention of the day was. And so yeah. I, I love that pivot and, and you two do that so well. Cause even, even in your trainings with us, it's like, you know, you're like, Oh, by the way, we never intended to do that. We pivoted because of blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and it's a, and, and by the way, just so you know, that's such a wonderful learning technique for me because I, I obviously didn't, well, not, maybe not obviously, but I didn't notice it during. And then you go, oh, by the way. And then I'm like, oh, wow, that's really cool. Like, don't say that you're pivoting, just pivot and then, you know, then do what you need to do. Um, and, and that's the thing you never need to tell anybody at the end what you do. No, I mean, we no. tell you guys that because yeah. we're teaching you. Of course. But, but I think that that's one really important thing that you need to be plugged in enough to the people that you're actually in a room with, yes. a Zoom room or whatever room you're in with yeah. to know when, when you're losing them or when they're not in it to begin with. Absolutely. And, and, and that, like Jen said earlier, you know, we did that with an organization. We did that with, um, one of the get real groups during the pandemic, we tweaked and we twisted and we changed things, you know, right in the moment we would be going, going to teach one thing and Jen and I will message each other back and forth. It's like, yep, we're, we're, 
tweak, we're pivoting, we're getting completely yeah. away from this. And yeah. we're going to focus on this. Yeah. We do it all the time. I love that. And, and something I never thought of before, one, I can't say that I was ever a nervous speaker because I'm one of those weird people that likes to do it. And, um, but yet the thing that ultimately relaxed me, which now I've, I've laid over even in a coaching and, and working with teams is nobody knows what's about to come out of my mouth. So if nobody knows what's going to come out of my mouth, if I say X versus Y, it's irrelevant because they don't know what I was going to say. And, and that realization was so freeing to me. I don't even have words for it because I'm like, <laughs> I could screw up and nobody would know. Yeah. <laughs> so, isn't that the whole point? So I think that's, that's really fantastic advice um, and, and a good way to think about things. Um, you know, a, as you kind of think about us uh, moving uh, within this next year, I can't believe it's 2022 already. Um, you know, where, where, um, where are your areas of focus moving forward into the future? That's a, that's a great question, right? So we, um, we want to just continue doing what we're doing, but doing it at a larger level, right? Okay. So we feel like that we really impact teams and organizations and um, we are constantly growing our client base of who it is that we work with, which is super fun because we just, the dynamics of teams is so interesting. So being able to to do that and then also having more coaches be ready to do what it is that we do so Mm -hmm. they can go and impact organizations as well. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just going to be, I don't want to say more of the same because it's always different, right? Every team is different. Every, um, way we work with people is different. However, it's just being able to impact at a greater level, mm-hmm. um, which is what excites us the most. We have mm-hmm. found our zone of genius. I will say that, right? So the way we work with teams and then the way we can teach people to do it, that's one thing I think is so unique about us is that mm-hmm. we are out there doing it. We are mm-hmm. getting new clients. We are doing proposals. Uh, we have people who say yes. We have people that say no. We do the work with teams. We're able to say, okay, when we did this last week, coaches, this is how we did it. So to me, it's just, it's a beautiful setup that is a constant learning evaluation mm-hmm. and um, continuing on. So I would say, you know, as you know, we've started 2022, mm-hmm. the, um, just the impact is going to be at a greater level. What would you, what would you say here? I I think that Jen, I think you're spot on there. And again, making a bigger impact. And I think that a big part of this is just continuing to learn, Mm -hmm. right. And continue. One of the biggest things that we do is we stay on top of things, right? We will talk about what's relevant. You know, we completely scrapped something we were going to do with an organization during the whole George Floyd thing last year and focused on racial equality, right? Mm -hmm. So we're going to make sure that whatever's happening and whatever those hot topics are, we're staying relevant and we're helping teams navigate these uncharted waters Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. they're... What, what, what is it, Jen? What's that saying? Like water's wet or fishes don't know that they're in water or whatever the hell that is, right? So the teams <laughs> don't know yeah. what they don't know because they're so in it. But yeah. we're like on the boat going, hello, we have a life preserver or hello, watch out for the shark or whatever that is to help them because we can see so many things 
but we're going to make sure that we're relevant and we're helping them be helping them be relevant, helping them be creative, helping them make more of an impact. So the impact has that ripple effect. I don't know why I'm talking about water right now. Oh, no, <laughs> no I think that's fantastic. I guess um, kind of as we wrap up, I, I kind of have one additional question that somebody asked me the other day uh, that I thought was really fun, which is this, you know, if, if you could go back in time uh, to your first day, uh, you know, in Silicon Valley, Jen, or your first day on the forest, Karen, um, looking back now, what would you, what would you tell that person? So Jen, I want to answer this because this is really funny. <laughs> so, um, my first day, like, I mean, not police Academy day, my first day uh-huh. on the, on the road as a cop was Christmas day. Okay. And no, I'm not, I don't remember what year it was. It was a really long time ago. And, um, and I get to work and the guy that I'm working with that, that, that day throws me the keys to the car and he says, don't do anything fucking stupid. And that was basically my, Hey, here's a car, go be a cop. Yeah. And the police Academy is absolutely nothing like being a cop right it's the it's the the knowledge right yeah. they give you the book smart stuff yeah. but then you have to go and actually implement that mm-hmm. so i think that the big thing is right from i mean i am so good with uncertainty mm-hmm. i am so good with just going from drinking a cup of coffee to oh my gosh there's a bank robbery So I think that the big thing for me here is just um, adaptability Mm -hmm. is the key to everything. And I think that you need to be able to adapt because the world ain't going to change for you. Mm -hmm. So you need to just make sure that you're, you can adapt. I love that. I love that. What about for you, Jen? So I would say I would tell my younger self, right? Mm -hmm. Lighten up. (laughs) Right. I'm a person who uh, has throughout the years worked hard on being less reactive. I have Mm -hmm. high opinions. I have high standards. Mm -hmm. I can be at times um, judgmental and quick to react. Mm -hmm. And so and I've gotten way better at it. But Mm -hmm. if we look back to those days, lighten up, relax. Everything's going to be okay. Don't you know, not to steal the title of a book, but don't sweat the small stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Be more curious, be more open. And those are the things I would tell myself because everything works out in the end. And the thing is, is that the less we can let go of how we think things should be, Mm -hmm. the more opportunities we have to experience what is. And it's something I still work on. And so, but, but Karen, you can attest, I've gotten way better with it. However, it's that the shoulds in life are just crap we make up based on how we're up, our socialization and our upbringing. And so much of it doesn't matter. And so that's what I would, that's what I would tell myself because um, I wouldn't say things like be more adventurous, be more risk-taking because I've always been that. Mm -hmm. But I think there are times I could have been a little less wound up. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, Jen, I love that you said that. I think that 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 just made me think also of that. It's kind of like the, the, the have a goal, you know, have a plan, but write it in pencil. Mm. And and that's and I think that that's like I had a like I, I, I'm not great with plans. Right. I'm not a planner, but I always knew that my goal was going to be I, I want to be a chief like yeah. back then. Right. That was the goal. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that it was going to take the route that it took, right? In my head, I'm going to be in chief in 10 years, right? Mm-hmm. Not so much, mm-hmm. right? It took 23 years and the plan didn't go the way in my head, I thought the plan was going to go, but have a plan and write it in pencil. I love that. No, I, I thought you were going to say, and if your goal is the experience, you will hit your goal every time. Every time. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, enjoy enjoy the ride as as the phrase goes. So yeah. and get dirty. Huh? Get cut up. Get <laughs> bloody. Yes. Like screw up. Screw up royally. Yep. Absolutely. Because you know, out. Yeah, because if everything goes swimmingly every single time, it's like, what are you learning? Right. You're playing so. it too safe. Yep. Absolutely. hundred percent. Well, listen, thank you both of you uh, for your time, for joining us today. I'll post some links uh, for the good folks to get in touch with you. I know uh, you're going to be doing another Get Real uh, Leadership Coach training program this coming March. So we'll uh, post the link to get more information on that. And uh, if you've enjoyed this interview, please don't forget to hit subscribe and click notifications so you don't miss out on our future interviews. And remember, life speaks to you. And if you think it doesn't, you're not listening. Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.